0: Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic what to do with a counteroffer. Here we go. As the economy heats up, there's going to be a lot of folks out there, right? And they're going to find that talent is short and they're going to start to receive multiple offers for new roles. Yeah. In addition, when you try to resign, your current company, believe it or not, is going to counter offer. They're going to offer you more money, more benefits, more training, a promotion to stay. Not always. Not yeah. not always. Not always. But boy, if they do, you better know how to handle it.
1: Yeah. And the interesting thing is now, I was telling a client, I think day before yesterday, that- You know, we're recording this in 2011. The economy hasn't been that good for the last couple of years. And managers have been mistakenly thinking that they have good retention numbers right now. Well, Mm -hmm. they do relative to five years ago, only because nobody's leaving. When the market starts to heat up and companies start to lose people, managers retention ability, their ability to retain people is going to come under scrutiny. And the managers who lose one or two people are going to panic because the first manager loses somebody, HR is going to say, or some senior person is going to say, "Look, do we have a problem? Have your people just been staying because the economy's been bad? Are we going to have a brain drain over here?" So, panicky managers, when the economy starts to heat up, are much more likely to make counteroffers. They don't make counteroffers at the end of a boom; they make it at the beginning of the boom when they're thinking, "Oh, I won't have the people I need when economy starts to pick up and and workload increases here." Yeah,
0: good point. Yeah, yeah, and, and like in some place in the economy, it's already happening right? It's already happening. Yeah. And yep. you and I both know, we've had a long experience here. The first time most people are counter-offered, they do not know what to do. And they often make some pretty critical mistakes when it comes to the counter-offer. So tonight, we're going to talk about
1: yeah, that. Yeah. It's worse now. It's worse now than it's ever been than it was twenty, ten, twenty, thirty years ago. And the reason why is because people have been led to believe that I can negotiate uh, that it's actually okay maybe to go out and get an offer in order to incentivize my firm to give me a counteroffer, which is just arguably one of the dumbest things ever. I wouldn't call it galactically stupid, but it's solar system stupid. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we have three recommendations. The first one is real easy. Don't do it. Don't take a counteroffer. And we'll explain in detail. This is Career Tools. We'll explain it. Step number two, what do you say when you get counteroffered? Again, this is career tools. We're going to tell you what to say and how to say it. And then third, I've already alluded to this one. Don't you dare go out and interview in order to get a counteroffer. Don't do it. There's a lot of
0: pitfalls there, which we'll talk about. right. Let's talk about your recommendation to not take a counteroffer. I mean, that's pretty black and white. Do you mean it that black and white? No, you know
1: me, Mike. I'm a pretty nuanced guy. Everything has shades of gray. In fact, there are a few things that Mark Horstman sees as black and white. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I try. You know, guys were recording this late at night, and I, I just couldn't keep a straight face through that entire sentence.
0: Hey, it's hard enough for me to keep a straight face <laughs> asking you if you yeah, I'm, i yeah. I'm going to Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm going to defend my black and whiteness simply because somebody needs to tell people the, about the bad advice they're getting, and there are people who talk about, oh, go get a counter offer. Oh, sure, yeah, 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 but no, look, I promise you, there are people out there right now. Mike, you know, it they're, they're sitting out there saying, What about this circumstance or that circumstance? What you know, maybe there's a situation where maybe you know, it depends. My situation is different. This company, right. this industry, so sort of well, I,
0: no? I, I took out counter offer one time, and it worked out just fine. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you want to tell that story now. Yeah, no we no maybe it. you don't because <laughs> i didn't take account i mean i got i you know i left a company yeah. and, I, and i got my boss's 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 boss called me in the office took me to the executive suite and offered me a a two-level promotion and a big raise and literally said pick the job you want and it's yours and i remember i called you up and you said don't do yeah. it don't do it don't do it and, and i didn't and i didn't and and yeah. thank god because i know somebody subsequent to my departure did the same thing actually took the counter offer and 9 months later didn't have a job so people have yeah. long memories when it comes to that and and believe me they don't feel exactly. when they're giving you that counter offer they feel that you're holding them over a barrel and they have no choice and if you don't think they resent it think again yeah Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they do. You're right. Long memory is absolutely right. They'll remember it two or three
1: companies later when you're still in the same industry and they run across you. Yeah, and there are people who will say, but wait, I took a counteroffer and it turned out fine. And look, we're not saying it's that there's no situation where it doesn't turn out well, but you got to remember, folks, we give the right guidance for 90 to 95% of the people 90 to 95% of the time. There are some rare exceptions. And right now, if you're listening, you're not the exception. Or if you think you are the exception, just understand if you're doing it, you're doing it with an enormous risk. And if you don't feel the risk, one of the things Mike and I have learned as we become executives and have more experience that maybe someday will get catalyzed into wisdom. <laughs> we've learned that the risks that really get you are the ones you don't see. And if you're thinking there's no risks, when everybody else who had a lot more experience would say, oh my gosh, do you realize the risk you took? And you're blithely innocent of your uh, of the risk. Those are the dangerous situation. It's fine to take a risk when you understand it. When you've weighed it and measured it, that's okay. That's good. That's about strategy and decision-making. Uh, risks you don't see, though, where you're comfortable, that's that's bad. And look, for 90 to 95% of the people, taking a counteroffer is a mistake.
0: Yeah. And folks, I mean, how many times in your life are you going to do this where you're going to resign or move or whatever and, so, and your employer gives you a counteroffer? Not many, not many, probably once. So if something happens to you once, it's the old, the old horseman Christmas rule, right? If it happens to you infrequently, you're not going to be very good at it. So, so listen to our advice. Exactly,
1: yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. So look, when, when Wendy and I used to work in recruitment, okay, we'd meet new candidates every day. We'd talk to, we'd interview people all the time, okay? They'd come into the office and they'd say, you know, I want you to do an interview with them. So I, I want to leave my current role. okay. And they'd say, my manager doesn't respect me. That was classic, right? I've been there two years. I've done everything I can in this role. I work too many hours. I'm away from home too much. Can't stand my customers. Don't like the product we make. By the way, these things aren't good things to say, just so you know. I need more growth. I've been promised increased pay or promotions. They said they're going to train me. They don't do it. They don't do it. It hasn't happened. I don't believe them. I'm losing trust, blah, 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 blah. Long, long list, okay, of why people wanted to move. So we'd go through the process of finding out what they were looking for, right? What they're good at. And they go out and interview and they finally get an offer. And they go into that manager that they said they had lost trust with and that was representing a company that they just couldn't see themselves staying at and tell them they're resigning. Okay. And the manager says, but we love you. We need you. We can't do it without you, 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 my friend are too good to lose, We have the executive suite and two-level promotion and la, 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 la. You're Ozan. We can't lose you. We'll give you more money, increased benefits, new role, anything to keep you. Okay? Now, look, folks, I promise you, if this hasn't happened to you, let us tell you what that feels like. You're going to feel two things at that point. You're going to feel flattered first. Wow. You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. They've come to their senses it took the risk of losing me for them to say my gosh he's the heart and soul of this division or this this group or this unit or this section or this team we can't lose him or her yeah despite whatever misgivings you had about the role 2 months ago when you started this whole journey your manager thinks so much of you that you're just you feel good it's it's very rewarding it's a it's a very positive experience and then secondly you feel obligated you're obligated to hear them out. Now that you've been reminded about why you worked there in the first place, look how much they're fawning over you. Well, you're going to listen, of course. And and unless you shut it down immediately, the manager is going to say, well, don't make a decision until I at least get you the details. And what happens is the manager promises to go to talk to HR or his manager or get them whatever it is they need. And by the way, the manager will say, look, give me some time. And I'm going to walk out here. I'm going to go talk to HR right now. I'm calling my boss. I'll talk, pick him on my cell. I'll call him in the cell while I'm walking over to HR. We're going to have a little confab over in HR. I'll have the boss on the spear phone. And you got to give me a little bit of time. Now, the moment the manager makes that call, the moment HR or his boss is involved, his goose is cooked in the sense that they know he has a retention problem. If he spills the beans at that point, and then admits to them that he's caving, and for all he they know, you're asking for more money and he's running like a wounded dog to go talk to them. If you then say, no, 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 I'm not gonna take counteroffer, there's nothing you can do, I'm sorry, don't do it. Now, double jeopardy. He's losing you, and you've made him look bad, and he's lost the ability to politically spin the loss of you. And don't think he's not or she's not gonna politically spin a loss and it will be easier for them to politically spin the loss if in fact you have they have not gone and said oh we got to make a counteroffer a red up a counteroffer la 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 right right yeah yeah so you now are obligated to wait now look here's a secret for you okay this is what recruiters know guys any candidate who listens to a manager and accepts whatever he offers more money New role, more training, less hours, whatever it is the offers, because he thinks it'll keep you, will be back to us recruiters within six months to a year. It's true 90% of the time. Just like your story. Exactly like your story. Why is that true?
0: Why do recruiters know this?
1: Yeah, You know, it's really pretty simple when you think about it. When everybody was listening to me describe the travails of the person who was thinking about leaving, I don't like the product. I need more growth. I'm work too many hours. I've been there two years. I've done everything I can. I'm, I'm the heart and soul and they don't respect me. They don't appreciate me. They don't, don't pay me well because folks. No amount of money makes up for being miserable at work, and your boss and the culture of the company and the things, the systems and the processes that bother you will not change because you have threatened to leave, period, okay? The only thing that's going to change is your pay. You might think, well, I got a promotion. Yes, and all of those systems and all of what you didn't like, even if your boss changes, and there's a rare exception where you go from a really bad boss to a really good boss, but that generally doesn't happen very often because if you go to a really good boss, it's probably somebody who knows you, which means it's probably your boss's boss if you're getting promoted, and if you're going to a really good boss, it's unlikely he has a really bad boss, your old one, working for him or her. So look, if you're moving because you don't respect your manager, Another 5000 bucks a year gross pay isn't going to make a difference. And by the way, $5,000 a year is $400 a month before taxes, so don't get too excited. Right? I know people who have gotten a $10,000 raise and said, I really didn't feel it. You know, maybe if they're managing their money well, they do, and they put it all away, and that's great. But they don't change their standard of living, and they say, "I don't really feel like I'm making any more money." And then the processes—it's not the money you interact with at the office, folks. It's the processes and the systems, and the people, and the culture, and the customers, and the company. Okay, if you're moving because promises have been made and not stuck to, and now <laughs> and more promises, promises are, are being made. made to you, what's the likelihood, folks? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're they're not going to be kept to again. They're not going to stick to their promises again. And I know that's harsh. Look, we don't don't wish a bad environment on you. We don't. But you need to know what the risks are of the things you're doing, okay? If you're moving because you've outgrown your role, adding a few extra tasks in the role that you're in, oh, we'll give you this big new project you're going to be working on, isn't going to keep you interested in the long term. I promise you. I promise you. This is going to be a terrible analogy and people are going to write me and say, I don't like that one very much. But when you go to your boss and say, I've got another offer, and you don't say, I'm resigning, or I've accepted another offer, in which case, then you don't get a counter offer usually, or you can keep them from coming in. If your boss thinks a counteroffer is possible, she is going to give you a counteroffer, And when you bring that up, she feels like, or he feels like, they suddenly have a pimple in the middle of their forehead, and it's painful. And then when you accept the counteroffer, they pop the pimple and they're done and they forget about you. It's over. Two days later, it's gone. And now they're back to the status quo. They simply solved their, I've got to fill his position problem and they fill it with you. And within a week or two, they've forgotten about the changes they're going to make, except that they remember that you put them through hell. I wish it were different. I wish there were It happened differently, but that's my experience after hundreds and maybe 500 or so counter offers I've seen over the years. It just doesn't work. Now, look, there is some advantage in staying with a company, you know, the goodwill you've built up is really valuable. But if you're really, truly ready to move on, and by the way, just wanting to leave a company is not a good reason to move on. It's really best to find another company you want to go to. If you start taking the first offer that's offered to you when you're unhappy, that's really probably not a good sign. Sometimes you're lucky and that first company is the right one for you, but a lot of times it's not. But if you're ready to move on, staying, no matter what the counter is, is not going to satisfy you for very long. So don't take a counter offer. It's a personal reason for not accepting a counter offer. We know it just doesn't stick. But on a professional note, Since you won't resign until you have an offer from another company, right? You wouldn't do that, right? Accepting a counteroffer effectively goes back on your previous acceptance
0: of the other company. Yeah, and if you're in a small industry, oh my God. Right, you're you're yeah you're you gonna get with, that. you're gonna get away, away with that once, only once. Okay,
1: but you and I were having a constant conversation about this about a month ago, and I I think we had a conversation about Small World, and we ran into somebody or somebody said they were a listener and discovered their boss was listening to or something. We were joking around about Small World, so everybody knows that you used to work at MCI. You were in the telecom business. Is there anybody listening to us right now, Mike, that you think thinks that telecom industry is a small industry?
0: No, I, I doubt it. I Not doubt. a
1: one. No, no, and yet. You knew the top 250 people in the telecom industry, didn't you?
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, sure you did. Yeah,
1: it's small. Yeah, It, it, guess it what? is, it is small. 250 <laughs> people? 250 people, folks? It's small. You can be in a gigantic industry like oil, <laughs> like petroleum, or cars. And I promise you, folks, it feels small. You know the people where they are. You know when they move. You know why they move, hopefully, if you're staying in touch with people. It feels very small when you do things that other people are talking about. So, don't think to yourself, I'm in a big industry. It's okay. Nobody will know because you know what? People will know, okay? You might get away with it one time going back on, reneging on an acceptance. But look, if you really wanted to go to work there and you regret accepting the counter offer in six months, going back to the company that made you the offer that caused you to resign before you took the counter. Probably not going to be any luck there. You're probably not going to get another offer from them. They're going to say, whoa, dude, we made you an offer. You said yes. You then reneged. Why should we make you another offer? How do we know you're not just playing us for another counter? Mm -hmm. Right? Once bitten, twice shy when it comes to candidate acceptances. They know. Black mark on your file. And recruiters too, by the way. You're probably going to have to find another recruiter.
0: Yep. Okay, so let me ask you a question. It's enough to say don't accept the counteroffer, right? Okay, that's pretty clear. It, it is, in fact, folks, we are saying it. it is black and white. Don't do it. But what advice do we have for folks about what to say when they're counteroffered? They're going to be counteroffered. It's not enough to say no. Help us understand what to say when you are counteroffered.
1: This is really a pretty easy one. All you do is say, are you nuts? I took another <laughs> offer. I would never
0: want to work here another day as long as I live. There you go. You're be the complete. worst boss Now's the ever. time to be completely honest and open about how. Yeah, now's the time. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. No, probably not. Okay, there's two strategies you got to get in your head here. One, always emphasize what you're going to. I alluded to this a minute ago, rather than what you're leaving. If you talk about the reasons why you're leaving. Companies can address those. They can't address something you're going to. And the second thing, it's corny, but it's Wendy's line and it's beautiful. You just use the broken record technique, which is a completely professional way of addressing the subtleties of these kinds of decisions that boil down to all kinds of, of, of small issues sometimes that pile up and make a molehill into a mountain. You know, it's the it's the death of a thousand cuts companies often suffer when people are making decisions about where to work. When you resign, you always emphasize first what it is you're going to rather than what you're leaving. If you start the conversation with I'm sad to be leaving, but you're just not paying me enough, it's easy. Gosh, if I were the manager, I'd say, "Well, let me make this problem go away for 3 months." Now look, guys, if you say that to me, I'm going to figure out how to keep you for three months while I go recruit to fill your position and I've bought myself some time and I've got a warm body and actually a warm body I know and trust or at least used to trust in the position while I go out and recruit because I know I'm going to leave you lose you okay or I can go to my boss and say I need an open rack because Jackson's thinking about leaving okay but if you start off with I'm sad to be leaving and then give a rationale like you're not paying me enough or you've been promised me a promotion and you just won't give it to me and I understand that it's easy for the manager to say, if we offer you more money, will you stay? Or if you get the promotion, will you stay?
0: Yeah, and that makes it hard to go. I mean, you said that's the reason you're leaving. And they said, well, we'll That's the that. reason, exactly. And, and, and then what do uh, you we'll going say? Well, that. that's not really the reason. Then I don't have a reason. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't really mean that.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, and by the way, if you ever say that, the manager absolutely f- feels played because he feels like you did it as a, as a uh, bait in order to get him to admit that he would change that to keep you and now you're going to put some more bait out there and then you're going to say well why don't you tell me the whole story first yeah. yeah yeah on the other hand if you start with i've been offered an opportunity which i'm really excited about i'll be working with a team to create a server infrastructure for a worldwide customer base there's no hook that manager can hang a counter offer on
0: none yeah unless he had a a, a job specific job for server infrastructure for a worldwide customer database but probably doesn't
1: yeah well okay yeah yeah but if you do Get something along the lines of, well, we really don't want to lose you. What can we offer you to stay? Again, in this case, then you'd use the broken record technique. You'd repeat yourself until the other person recognizes that you're firm in your decision and you're you're communicating in a way that professionals communicate when there's not going to be a negotiation. You simply keep stating the same position. For instance, Mike, why don't you play the manager? Okay, sure. You want to do that, and we'll just role play it a little bit. I mean, I can do both parts, but you, you be the manager. You
0: push on me a little bit. Okay, so um, I'm the manager. You're you coming to me? You you want to resign? Actually, I've I have resigned. Right? I I, I said I said I've accepted another offer. Okay. And then you, and you you didn't hear it, right? Okay. And so I go, okay, like hey, Mark, yeah, I understand that, but we look at we really want you to stay. We value you here. What can I offer you to stay?
1: Yeah, Mike, I appreciate it. You know, I trust you, but it's not, as I said earlier, it's not about me staying. It's not about me leaving. It's about me being excited about this opportunity elsewhere.
0: Yeah, okay, yeah, I understand that. But like, like, can we give you more money? Is it more money that you want?
1: Yeah, I, like I said, Mike, it's really about the opportunity. It's about where I'm going.
0: Yeah, I understand, but we we have other opportunities here. I, how about we find you a new opportunity within within the company here? What What about that? Yeah, I've looked at it. Uh, there's nothing here that's comparable at all with this new opportunity. Really nothing we can do to make you stay
1: No, I would be honest with you. We've worked well together. I feel like And I can honestly say i'm sad to be leaving But the leaving is only the result of me seeking this other opportunity It's the opportunity that's pulling me away It's where i'm going to that matters and that means I have to leave and leaving is just an afterthought after the going And look guys, I don't have to be confrontational about this folks Just smile focus your mind on the excitement you have about the new opportunity. It's the old baseball saying that you can't steal second base and keep your foot still on first. So in order to get second, you have to get second. And then when you get second, Oh, by the way, you're not on first anymore. It's not about leaving first. It's about getting to second. That's going to come through in your voice and it's going to be even more convincing. And look, if you have a roommate, if you have a partner, if you have a, a fiance, a girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, whatever, Practice with him and say, look, I got to go resign. I'm probably going to get countered. Now, look, I talked to a guy once. He said, Mark, I don't want to prepare for the counteroffer thing because it's going to totally blow me away if he doesn't counter me. Okay, dumb, dumb. You're going to get your feelings hurt that he doesn't counter you. Look, there are a lot of managers who are either wise enough not to counter because they know better or they've got somebody else waiting wings, or they're not smart enough to even know that a counter offer is possible. A lot of that has to do with the culture of the company and the level that you're, you're at, but doesn't necessarily have to do anything with you. So don't assume that if you don't get a counter, you're not good. And don't assume that because you're getting a counter, you're fabulous. That's not always the case. That's, that's the behavior of the manager, not of you. And it could just be a manager who's terrible, who needs to keep everybody because he's scared or she's scared about her job because it's a culture that, that runs on fear. But gosh, just because you're afraid you, you might not get countered is not a good reason not to be prepared for the conversation because if you do 10 minutes of prep, you'll be totally ready. And then if you don't get a counter, you can be like, well, that was even easier than I thought it'd be. I've already accepted the other offer. Remember now, you've already accepted the other offer, right? <laughs> and now all you're doing is going in to resign.
0: Right. Okay. So we've, we've spoken quite a bit here about telling you why not to accept a counter offer, but you know, some folks I've seen people do this. I mean, their whole purpose of interviewing is in fact to get a counter offer. They really don't want to leave. They just want a raise at their existing company. What what do you, what do you think about that? (laughs) I can only imagine it's hard even to ask that question, but go ahead. (laughs) I think that's genius. I think those young people out there
1: doing that, they're just politically so clever. I mean, in fact, if that happened to me, I would just be blown away by the cleverness. I would say, oh, my gosh, this person's a genius. I never would have thought of that. I'm going to have to do this for them because they're so smart that they would go get another offer in order to motivate me. And of course, I'm motivated by what he wants and by what this other company wants. And so, therefore, I'm going to suddenly throw more money at him. No, not (laughs) likely. Yeah. Yeah, folks. You do not interview in order to get a counteroffer. First of all, it's unethical to use another company to get what you want from the company you're at. But look, I'll just be hopeful now that this part of the guidance applies only to a minority of you because you, you know if you're a Career Tools listener for a while, you have an ethical approach to your career, you're a professional and you you inherently know there's a, there's a a bone in your body or there's a a string in your heart that says no that just doesn't seem right, but we're going to cover it because it's possible that people may not recognize that there are ethical overtones here. The guidance you get that's not professional, but but friends tell each other, oh my my mate my friend got an extra ten thousand dollars out of his company because he threatened to resign and go somewhere else. Guys, I got to tell you something. First of all there's a rule about salary and it's everybody lies. It's not actually a true rule, but it's like a good rule of thumb. It's a horseman rule of thumb. It's true. Like 90% of the time. Good I rule. I think I've assume. said this story before, Mike. I, yeah. I think I've told this story before. in one of the casts where I helped a guy get a job and the company called me and said, what is he making? I said, he's making this. You guys are paying that. Why don't you offer him this? That'll put him, in, you know, in the bottom third of the pay range for the job, but it'll give him a nice raise. And, and that way he won't be topped out. And, you know I know the guy well. I think he'd be totally happy with that. And that gives you guys a lot of what we now call in the recruiting business salary cap room, even though, of course, that's related to sports franchises. And so they said, good, we'll offer him that. And so they offered him that, and he accepted and then I called back and, and they said, yeah, we offered him and he was accepted. And he says, wow, we're really pleased. We got him for like $15,000 less than we thought we'd have to pay. I said, well, look, the reason you can do that is because I told you that's a fair price. And if he accepts and you offer, that's good. And what's more, he's going to be worth a lot more and he'll earn it in the next couple of years. And he'll feel good about the raises you give him and you won't feel bad like you won't lost the goodwill. Great. And they said, good. Thanks. Thanks a lot. And, the, and by the way, the company that hired him, friends of mine, I've known them a lot longer than the guy that I was helping get a job. So, then he calls me back and I said, hey, what'd you think? He says, I accept it. I said, great. What'd they offer you? And he tells me some number that's 1.4, the actual salary amount. 1.4, 40% more. (laughs) Wow. Like from 100 to 140. You know, I said, oh, wow. Is that total comp? You know, because total comp would include benefits and bonuses, hypothetically, all performance incentives and everything else. No, that's his base. Oh, okay. Like, dude, do you not know that I would know what you're getting? I didn't help him anymore after that. I was like, wow. I mean, who cares? 100 or 140? I mean, I think he was making like 85 before, so 100 is good. You know, it's fine. And he didn't have to move. But look, when your friends tell you that somebody got $10,000 more out of the company, you can't believe it. You cannot believe it. I I guess if your priest or pastor or your imam tells you, okay, fine. But other than that, folks, don't believe it. And let's go right back to what I talked about earlier in terms of ethics. This is an unprofessional behavior, folks. We can tell you it doesn't work. It certainly doesn't work as often as your, your mates would have you think. We can tell you you'll still fall prey to the whole six month later, still wanting to leave your company syndrome. And we can also say it'll affect your relationship with your team and your boss. And that's the one that'll hurt so many of you. But when it comes down to it, we don't have to say all that. We can just say it's blackmail. If you want a career you can be proud of, you don't interview with the intent of ginning up a counteroffer from your company. Frankly, the story I heard a number of years ago from a guy was that's what he did. And he wasn't smart enough to have resigned. And in fact, what's interesting is he got the offer. He didn't accept the other offer because of course he knew he couldn't. And then he essentially went back wanting at the counteroffer. The counteroffer was way lower than what he thought. And The company found out, the company that wanted to hire him found out that he went back and asked for a counter and they retracted the offer, which by the way, not, not really terribly ethical on their part, but I thought, wow, everybody's just all unethical all over each other here. It was like watching a car wreck. So folks just don't do it. On the other hand, for those times when a counter offer comes out, we've shared our guidance with you. It's not hard. Don't take it. It's a fool's game. It makes you feel good in the short term and it doesn't feel good in the long term. And hopefully, uh, we've made it clear about what to say in terms of a It's t- You talk about what you're going to, not what you're leaving. It's not about the energy of wanting to get away. It's about the energy of joining something else. And then you just got to be a broken record. Again, like we said at the start, top of the show, counteroffers are going to become more common as the economy heats up. There are good reasons for not taking them. If you take one nine out of 10 times, those of you who are listening will regret it. And of course, you, can't, you just can't do it. You can't go out and interview just to get a counteroffer. It's the wrong thing to do. And a career tools person wouldn't do the wrong thing. That's it. All right, my friend. Thank you.
0: Thanks, partner. All right. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Meantime, have a great one. So long.